the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Kettering, if you have your Bibles with you on today, and you should, I want to invite your attention to Matthew chapter 6. We'll begin our reading at verse 9. The word of the Lord reads like this. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I might as well read verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Pray with me, please. Father in heaven, we honor you today. We thank you for your kindness, for your love, for your patience with us. Speak now, God, in the midst of these, your people, those who are assembled here in the sanctuary as well as assembled via live stream, those that might hear through radio, CD, or some other mechanism. God, we pray that the power of your word would be manifest in such a way that if any don't know you as Lord and Savior, that today, God, they would surrender their heart and their life to you. Father, I pray for the power of the word to just manifest itself strong. That the one who came in discouraged might leave encouraged. The one who's in need of edification might receive the edification they need. God, I'm praying that you would use me in the way that you desire that I might speak clearly for you. Take charge now of my vessel, God, and use me for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving, and I have great expectation of what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, Catherine, I want to begin a series of messages dealing with possibly the most underused weapon in the Christian arsenal, and that is prayer. As I begin this series of messages, uh, I want to look at some various prayers throughout the Bible and see what we can glean from them and help us to be encouraged in our prayer life as well as whatever wisdom that they may have to help us to become more powerful in our prayer. How many people here can say that 
they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that prayer has power. Bless the Lord. I'm, I'm glad to see that so many are aware. And, and how many of you would say that I feel like I could use more of that prayer power in my life? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to see that we, we see we have need too. Amen. And because most people are probably in that area where they would say that I realize that prayer is powerful, but I need more power in my life. I want to be able to connect. I need to be able to connect. I am deficient in connecting to the power that comes through prayer. Amen. So I think a lot of people are stuck in that place. And so hopefully as we go through the series of messages, we'll be encouraged, we'll be helped, we'll be strengthened in the area of prayer, and that our prayer will become more powerful, and we'll see that the prayer's power working in our lives. I think that it is wise first and foremost to begin by examining the model prayer that Jesus lays out here in Matthew chapter 6. And it is, in essence, an outline for prayer. It's not the prayer to pray. It's a model uh, for prayer. But I think it's best to begin here by examining this model that he lays out in the New Testament, commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. In fact, as I grew up, my parents taught me to pray this prayer. And for many years, even after leaving childhood and adolescence, I continued to pray verbatim these words of prayer. It wasn't until I began to mature in my relationship with God that I realized that God was not saying to us, pray these words. But he was literally laying out for us the way in which to approach the throne of God and to seek petition from God and how to pray. Are y'all still here with me? Now, I know I'm going to mess up somebody's prayer tonight because you're still praying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be. You're still praying this model prayer, and you've not matured far beyond this model prayer because you feel some sanctity, some divine connection to the words of the text. But I, I want to help you here because you've got to have more than an understanding of the word of the text, lest you become nothing more than a parrot. And so the idea here of God is not to parrot words, but to understand the approach that you need to have in order to get to the throne room of God. And so I want to talk to you on today from the subject matter, the outline for prayer, because literally that's what we're looking at. We're looking at an outline that Jesus has drawn out for prayer. He's given us a model for prayer. And in this model that he lays out for us to pray, he says to his disciples, when you pray, pray in this manner. And so the first step, if you will, in the model of this prayer, he says in verse number nine, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven hallowed be thou name. In other words, hallowed is to, to say your name is holy. And so he, he begins there by saying, first of all, when you pray, you've got to pray with submission to the holiness of God. 
In other words, when I approach God and when I approach the throne of God to pray, when I approach the attitude of prayer, I've got to approach my prayer understanding that he is God and I am not. I'm really going to help somebody here. I've got to have a submissive attitude when I approach the throne of God. I've got to approach submissively recognizing, watch this, that he is not just God, but he is holy, and I am not. Oh, Lord, help me here. I've got, to, I've got to approach the throne in essence, first of all, and can I, I'm going to break this down slower to you, identifying who I'm talking to. But watch this, even more important than that, because he, he starts off by saying, our Father. Y'all still here? Now, everybody cannot approach the throne with those words because God is not everybody's father. Can I mess somebody up right here? John chapter 9, somewhere around verse 31, I believe it is, says that God does not hear the prayer of the sinner. Y'all still here with me? And we also learn out of the multitude of Scripture that when we were in sin, as I'm talking to the believer, when we were in sin, the Bible lets us know that we were of our father, the devil. Y'all still here? And so the one who is outside of the relationship with God, God is not your father, the devil is your father, so you can't pray this prayer. This prayer begins by establishing the fact that there is a relationship between you and the one in heaven that you're approaching. Lord, help us here. I don't really have time to get all the way down, but if I can start at Genesis and let you know in Genesis, when sin entered the world, there was a rupture to the relationship between man and God. And unless that relationship has been restored, there's no prayer that you can approach the throne with because you can't get into the throne room unless you've got a relationship. Our Father. This, this, this word, this, this, this introduction helps us to understand that, that uh, first of all, again, I am approaching with submission. The attitude is submission. And, and even in the earthly sense, he is our father. And as father, he has, oh Lord, he has authority over us in the same sense, in the earthly sense, that your earthly father would be above you and have authority over you. And so I'm coming understanding that he is um he is holy and i'm not he is father and i'm not he lord have mercy and yet we have relationship and so i can approach because i have relationship y'all still here so i start off by establishing that i do have a relationship he's my father he's not just my father he's our father this is good this is good this is better better than y'all saying amen because what what this tells me is that I've got not, I'm not an only child. Woo, this is good, this is good. I'm, I, when, when I approach the throne of God with an attitude of submission to the holiness of God, I come understanding I am a child of the holy God, but I'm not the only child, and I do have a relationship because he's my father. So I can't talk to him unless I have a relationship with him. Lord, help me. And when I talk to him in the relationship with him, I also have to understand I'm not the only child. 
Y'all know only children have a, a disposition that, and maybe this, is, maybe this is even better, only children have a disposition in their attitude that whatever they ask from their parents, because I'm an only child, I can always get what I want. Lord, help us here. Because can I just say this? And I know I got some only children. This is not really to offend you. This is just some kind of a general, general reality. Only children are usually a spoil. Rotten spoil. They get everything. Okay, y'all not going to agree with me, so. <laughs> he says, our father. Holy is your name as you approach Approach hollowing the name of God. Uh, acknowledging that the one in whom I am approaching is holy. He is without spot or blemish or wrinkle. He is holy. In fact, he is uh, He's so holy that... He's got a multitude of angels reminding all who will listen in that he is holy. For there is a multitude of angels around his throne as he sits on his throne with his royal diadem. There's a host of angels around him declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. When I approach the throne of God, I approach with the submissive understanding that I'm approaching a holy God. Uh, hopefully, when I approach the throne, acknowledging and understanding his holiness, it also might shape my request later on. I, I'm, 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 I'm getting emails from heaven, so this is why it's, it's a little bit. Um, watch this. Um, because some things that we ask for in prayer have no holy attitude to it. Oh, God, help me. Um, some things that we have the audacity to go before a holy God and ask, we have no business asking for. Not if I acknowledge my submission to a holy God. I should not be able, I should not even think about going before a holy God and Asking a holy God for an unholy favor. Can I just talk? Um, Lord, can you please bless me and my girlfriend shacking up in this house? If I'm approaching a holy throne of God and a holy God, I should not, if I understand he's holy, the words shouldn't even come out of my mouth. If I'm approaching a holy God, I should not be praying, Lord, let my number come out today. 
I'm trying to help us here. If I'm approaching a holy God and I'm submissive to a holy God, there are some things I ought not even say. I ought not say, Lord, I'm praying that my brother die, that he trip up, that he never come back, that he that the hospital keeps him, that he Oh, I ought not pray some things if I realize I'm talking to a holy God. Just a model, it's just a model. It's, 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 it's the outline that I, first of all, come with submission to the holiness of God. Our Father. Where is he? Who art in heaven. Holy is your name. Our Father, who sits in a holy place in heaven where everything around him is holy, where everything in heaven is holy. Holy is your name. I I, I come with submission to the holiness of God. Secondly, verse 10 picks up and says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We not only have to approach Our prayer life, this outline gives us the idea of approaching with submission to the holiness of God, but approaching with the surrender to the will of God. Y'all still here with me? Surrender to the will of God. Your kingdom come, he says. Your kingdom. This prophetic statement speaks of the inevitability of what God has said will happen, will happen. Lord, help us here. And in reality, when we say your kingdom come, we are literally acknowledging some of what has already happened and some of what will happen because his kingdom came when he stepped out of nowhere on the scene of nothing and began to speak everything into existence. His kingdom came when Jesus was born into the world and the shepherds in the field were visited when he showed up in the manger with Mary and he was born of a virgin. His kingdom came. You do remember John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness. The the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, his kingdom came when he walked. Lord, help us here. When he walked the earth for 33 years, his kingdom had come and I will stand here and declare on this October in 2019 that his kingdom is coming when he comes for you. His kingdom is going to come and carry you home. His kingdom has come, but at the same time, his kingdom is yet to come. But the kingdom will come. And God will have his way. Because what he says will be, will be. Lord, help me here. He will rule because his kingdom comes. He will have dominion because his kingdom comes. He will reign because his kingdom comes. When I pray and I acknowledge that God, you are sovereign. You will have your way and that your kingdom is currently at hand. I'm acknowledging that God is in full control of everything. Your kingdom come. Watch this. Your will. Let me make sure that that's what it says. I think that's what it says. Your will be done. As we pray, we need to understand that 
prayer is not about convincing God to our will. Prayer is about agreeing with his will. Let me give you a secret. If you want every single one of your prayers to be answered, pray for his will to be done. Y'all still here? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to help you get every prayer you ever pray answered. Pray his will be done. You know what, what, what part of our problem with prayer is that when we pray, oftentimes we pray regarding our will. We want our will to be done. We're, we're really not as interested in God's will, but we're very interested in our will. And the power of the will of God is such that his will is going to be done in earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, with the same level of dominion and power that he's able to control the activities and the events of heaven, he's able and he does control the activities of earth. His will is going to be done. Don't, don't get all mad and twisted up when you go to the Lord in prayer and you be asking for stuff that ain't his will and it don't happen. This is where a lot of people, a lot of Christians get messed up. They're like, I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. Yes, he did. It wasn't, it wasn't in his will for you to get what you wanted. I remember being, uh, I probably was maybe eight, nine years old, and I wanted some Chuck Taylor's bag. I mean, I really did. Everybody had Chuck Taylors, you know, and I had the fake ones. You know, they, they had some fake ones where the bottom of them, see, we used to step in the water, and when you stepped on the concrete, the Chuck Taylor would leave a certain print on the concrete, and so we knew that was genuine, that was real. And then they had the little tag on the side, if you had high tops or whatever, they had the tag on the side. And the Chuck Taylor was, that was the shoe to have. I know it's different now, but it's, I'm taking y'all way back. And so I wanted some Chuck Taylors like really, really bad, and, and I couldn't afford the $12. At that time, Chuck Taylors was $12. I couldn't afford $12 to get the Chuck Taylors, and my parents, they wasn't going to pay $12 for shoes when we could get them from Super Giant for $6. Some of y'all remember Super Giant. They used to sell everything. They had shoes, clothes, everything. And so I had the cheap joints, and, and so I was praying. So I went to my, 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 my dad, and I'm like, Dad, I, I really, everybody got Everybody got Chuck Taylor's dad. I, I want some Chuck Taylor's. And you know what my dad said? He said, everybody don't have Chuck Taylor's. I said, yes, they do. He said, you don't. And you're not going to get any. And so in essence, what he was telling me is that I rule this house. And I rule your life. And if it's not my will, you ain't going to get it. Can I help somebody? God rules this world. God rules your life. And you can ask what you will, but if it's not his will, you still ain't going to get it. And you can walk away mad all you want, but guess what? He's still your father and he's still in control. And so when we pray, we need to pray his will 
be done and stop getting mad when our prayers don't get answered and accusing God of somehow being less than God. The fact that he doesn't answer your prayer does not change that he is God. He is still God. And the fact that he didn't answer your prayer doesn't mean he can't answer your prayer. It's just that he decided not to answer your prayer because your prayer wasn't in his will. Help me, Lord Jesus. And not only that, I can, I'm trying to help somebody here because I know you're still mad. I see your face twisted. Guess what? Sometimes the prayer that you ask of God is a not yet answer. Lord, help me here. And so he's going to make you be patient. On his will because his will has timing. So some answers to prayer won't happen when you want them to, but they will happen when he wants them to because all of it's going to be according to his will. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.